This is the weekly Hi, message Mark, from Hope Church Montreal. We're so glad you can join us. Want to personally thank you this for downloading all part of our series, Sermon Cast from Hope and the purpose. We, well, we, we share these messages through the Gospel of Luke, really verse by verse. We value their promise, their content, promise. and uh, the anointing. Find out more about Hope Church and how to bring a fresh revelation of God's love for you today. And if you're able to support the work of Hope Church and the cost of sharing it, will help you to see the good purpose that God has for your life and help you to walk in faith and follow instructions. His promises every day. Every month through on a Sunday morning, you will always receive a very warm welcome at Hope Church. And now, let's well, good morning, business. all in the hall, and to the team on the screen. I hope we're all well. My name's Steve. Oh, you see me. And um, green tea was fantastic. Thank you. So, before we delve into the word today, uh, if you just join me in a short moment of prayer. Lord, thank you that we can meet together in love in this wonderful place and connect via technology to enjoy your company in the company of our family. Lord, let my words be your words. And I pray that the Holy Spirit moves amongst us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, we're going to continue that slow meander through Luke by looking at only two short verses, and that's Luke 11, verse 27 and 28. As Jesus was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breasts that nurse you. And Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of of the God and put it into practice. I thought, great, this is going to be really straightforward. Only two verses. Oh, how wrong could I have been? To be honest, this could have turned into a two-day seminar. All right? It hasn't. You'll be pleased to hear, and I fully understand the tea and coffees out there and alpha. All right? So let's just uh, keep keep that in mind, which I will. So this is not going to be a marathon. All right? This is going to turn into the first leg of a relay race. All right, so I'm going to run the first 100 meters, and then the baton is going to be handed over to us to carry on the journey at looking at the truths in the Bible. So today's sermon is entitled, Hear and Do. And it's quite amazing when you get an affirmation. People who know me know I'm an engineer, and it takes me an age to explain anything or put something down on paper. The prayer this morning, there were two very, very specific prayers before this service about hearing and about doing. And I think these verses really pull that out. Okay. So whilst I was pulling this message together, I quickly realized that I have a tendency to skip over verses that seem unremarkable. And in particular, the first verse here. Maybe it's just me. Don't know, but but I certainly realize that. However, this journey has reminded me that unremarkable can lead to remarkable. And not to skip, but drip in Scripture. Drink it in, ponder over it, hear it, and act upon it. The very essence of Jesus' teaching today. Now, a superb example of dripping in Scripture is Mary's song of praise, or the Magnificat, which is found in Luke 1, verses 46 to 54. Now, I'm not going to go through this because it's, again, much theological debate, 
another two-day seminar. But needless to say, it's incredible. This was a teenage girl. We've got to remember that. Mary was a teenage girl. And in her song of praise, you can find Genesis, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, Psalms, Samuel, Habakkuk, Job, and Micah, referenced multiple times for a teenage girl. That's a bit of a lesson to us all, isn't it? I don't have time to dig into this, unfortunately. But all we do know is that all we really need to understand here is she knew her scripture. She was a grateful believer and acted upon the word. And a little bit on that in the, uh, a bit further on. So in order to help us uh, on the journey today, it's important to get to know a little bit more about Luke, what is meant by blessing, and where Jesus was and what he was doing. So, who was Luke? Luke was a details man and referred to as a physician, one who heals in Paul, and well, Paul in Colossians 4.14 tells us that he was a physician. He could have been a Gentile Christian or an Hellenic Jew. That's difficult to say for me. It always has been. More research. You'll find here there's a lot of signposting coming from this message, which is what this is about. It's, it, it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about looking and working together as was prayed this morning. So, Luke wrote in such a way that his readers would understand the gospel, was for us all. So what? His gospel and the book of Acts are based upon rigorous research from the time and are very matter-of-fact. He was not a romantic novelist. Okay? So turning to blessing. Keep that in your mind, but turning to blessing. As you can imagine, this is again another very detailed subject of which there is much theological debate like most things in the Bible. I've got no time to dig deep into this today, but let's keep things simple. Blessedness is to have a relationship with Jesus whilst we hear the word and act upon it. We hear and do in relationship with Christ. Out of this will come blessing. There are two types of blessing, physical and spiritual. The physical can come through things like money, food, medical support, relationships. And the spiritual can be grace, forgiveness, and receiving the spiritual gifts. So there's two distinct types of gifts here. Both are from God, and both serve his and our needs. A subject of further research, may I suggest? Because I'm going no further. So where was Jesus, and what was he doing? Jesus and his disciples were continuing their travels towards Jerusalem, a journey that Richard perfectly described a few weeks ago. It is unclear exactly where this event took place, but we do know that the events in the book of Luke take place almost entirely within the vicinity of Palestine. So what was Jesus doing? As we have heard over the past couple of weeks, it is clear that Jesus was traveling and teaching along the way. He was being challenged and was taking every opportunity to teach and re-educate people, a position he found himself frequently in. He was again speaking at this time. It must have been a highly charged environment and frantic scene, with Jesus being surrounded by a crowd, as we find out today. And spoiler alert for next week, the crowd grows. Unsurprising, Jesus is there. 
So, right, let's take a look at today's scripture, starting with Luke 11, verse 27. As Jesus was speaking, a woman called out from the crowd, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. Hmm. This is what I thought was unremarkable, however. <laughs> now, as we know, Luke was a physician, a very academic man. So his writing style is very factual. And I believe there are a number of ways you can read this verse. Very matter of fact, as I've just done, or as I believe it should be read with the energy of the moment. God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. Slightly different. Can you place yourself in that woman's position? You are listening to Jesus and you're observing him amongst the crowds. You're there. You've got the golden ticket. You're there. Your emotions will have been on overload. So it'd be fair to say that the woman gets so emotionally excited that she spontaneously calls out to Jesus. For me, it's like that scene in your favourite movie, Top Gun. <laughs> you know that scene when the good against evil fight's happening. It's getting, it's getting, oh, get in, good wind. Yes. It's like that. That's what, I see, that's what I feel here. So the woman calls out. This will not have been a quiet call, given the crowd. She was loud enough for Jesus to hear over all the noise. And please remember, as well, at this time, women were not treated or respected very well, and that's to say the least. And anyone stepping out of line, such as calling out in probably what was a male-dominated environment, risked punishment or death. So for her to express any expression of emotion, let alone call out in public as she did, is extraordinary. But I guess we shouldn't be surprised because with Jesus and today with the Holy Spirit, we can all do extraordinary things. So in her excitement, she calls out, shouts out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came and the breast that nursed you. May I suggest she just wanted to show her support and pleasures towards Jesus. And this is how her emotion came out. Your mum's ace for having you and raising you in such a way that you're a great rabbi, you're a great teacher, and you are wise and a good man, and your mum's great, and she's proud, so God bless her. <laughs> That's my interpretation of what it says there. Go and work it out for yourselves. Although there's no evidence to suggest why the woman said what she did, keeping it simple, she came out with the first thing that came into her head, which is how emotion works. Maybe she was a mum or wanted to be a mum. Maybe she was on a mission to highlight women's rights. Maybe she knew her scripture. Maybe all of the above. Regardless, she simply called out to Jesus. This woman is a great example to us all, I believe, of the power of calling out to Jesus. No matter the situation we find ourselves in, he will answer. She called out and was answered more on this in a little bit. We can be confident that when we do call out to Jesus, he will answer. But do not be surprised if it's not the answer we were expecting. So, 
The woman is called out. Can you imagine what happens next? May I suggest the crowd was silenced. And they were all staring at Jesus and the woman thinking, what a fool, she's in for it now. Others thinking, wow, how is this going to turn out? How, how is Jesus going to deal with this? How are the people going to deal with this? They're all, they're all looking around, looking bemused. This is crazy. But Jesus took full control of that situation and the advantage of that pause to answer and support both the woman and us today and to teach and educate the woman, the crowds, and us today. Using a cricket metaphor, the woman bowled the ball and Jesus hit it for a six. <laughs> Jesus does this, doesn't he? He takes that moment and just turns it into incredible, well, just incredible. So how did Jesus respond here? Luke 11, verse 28, Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. What a statement by Jesus. Jesus affirms that the woman is correct, but only partially, more on this in a minute, by not disagreeing with her, because Mary was blessed, but by expanding on what the woman had said, by adding, but even more blessed are all who hear the word and put it into practice. Hear and do. Be servant-hearted and practical. What does Jesus not do here? He does not rebuke the woman and say, you are wrong about my mum. Why? Because she was partially right. And it would have only made the situation even more intense and put the woman into a more precarious position. Jesus stood by the side of this woman and took the opportunity to nudge her and the crowd and us today towards the truth. How often do we feel we have to have it all right before we engage with Jesus? This example, well, this example demonstrates that we just don't. We should just call out to Jesus regardless of where we are or what we think of ourselves. When it comes to the hear and do attitude, there are a number of modern day examples that I want to share with you. I'll give you only the headlines, and if you want any more information, come and have a chat with me. But these are quite mesmerizing stories, some of these. So, according to the veteran British evangelist, Jackie Pullinger, preaching that Jesus died for your sins is not the gospel. <sighs> That's what I thought. <laughs> the author of Chasing the Dragon has spent most of her life serving the poor in Hong Kong. But speaking during an exclusive interview with Premier Christianity, Pullinger explained when she first arrived in the city, she believed preaching the gospel meant explaining how Jesus came to die for your sins, adding, of course, that preaching's not the gospel. When asked why, she replied, 
because it's not necessarily good news to anyone who doesn't know love, who doesn't understand your language, who doesn't follow your logic. These people were not listening anyway. They were watching to see how I acted, whether I really did love them. And if I really did love them, maybe God really did love them. Jackie Pullinger understood that people are watching and that the hear and do attitude is the way that we preach the gospel. It's not just about hearing, it's applying what we hear as Christians. Now, turning to Billy Graham, you may have heard of him, unsurprisingly. The former, so this story is quite a touching story. So the former TV uh, evangelist, uh, Jim Backer, in his autobiography, I Was Wrong, tells of his descent into disgrace, poverty, and imprisonment for accounting fraud. He lost his freedom, his sanity, his dignity, his confidence in his faith, and eventually even his wife. Inmate 074070058, one-time friend and advisor of presidents, had hit rock bottom. At his very lowest point, a prison official told him, Billy Graham's here to see you. He thought, Billy Graham has come here to this place to see me. When he walked into the room, Billy Graham turned towards him and opened his arms wide. At that moment, Jim Backer felt total acceptance and love. I will never forget that the man who had just been voted one of the most influential men in the world and who had ministered to millions of people took the time out of his busy schedule to come to minister to one prisoner. He describes how in the midst of his depression, flu, filth and hopelessness, Billy Graham's visit refreshed his heart and boosted his spirit. I felt as though Jesus himself had come to visit me. All Billy Graham did was just went, showing grace, compassion, and love. His simple act resulted in blessing. What an example of hear and do. And that's not a complicated example. You'll be pleased to hear as well that the hear and do attitude is alive and well in Hope Church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's loads here, and I'm not going to name and shame, but we've got the Alpha going on. But I am going to name and shame. Just one. And I have the permission to do this, so this is, this is okay. I'm good, I'm good. So, before I just go into that, we've got to remember as well, there's a whole load of seen and unseen attitudes. And actually, sometimes we need to see them and hear them because it encourages each other. Um, it's not good enough to keep it to ourselves. Another one to think about, maybe. Just saying. So, Debbie shared with us last week the success of the Ukrainian concert. This successful concert only happened because Debbie listened to God and with steadfast dedication brought the event into being. Debbie's servant heart Faith, grace, compassion, and love resulted in a concert that touched the hearts of many. 
which in turn resulted in over 2,000 pounds, 2,300 nearly, as I was confirmed this morning, being raised. What a blessing. That's here in Malmesbury. Now, turning back to the Bible, which is always a good thing to do when you stood up the front here, there are many examples, again, of people with the here and do attitude. But this woman pitched the ball and Jesus is in this out the park. And Mary, back to Mary, a great example of the here and do. Mary was blessed, not only because she was the mother of Jesus, as the woman had said in verse 27, but also because she heard the word and acted upon it. The message Jesus adds in verse 28 aimed at us all. In the final verse of what's referred to as the Annunciation, we read about Mary's steadfast faith and servant heart and her willingness to do. And this is mind-blowing. Having asked only one question about how she could become the mother of Jesus, I'm a virgin, how can this happen? We read in Luke 1, verse 38, Mary says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to the word. And it was. Hopefully, you know how that played out. In other words, in the famous, infamous words of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, make it so, number one. I'm a bit of a Trekkie. And I don't, what's the term for being a Star Wars? I don't know, anyway, moving on. That was... I used to like you, let's move on. <laughs> so, looking at Mary, this is quite remarkable when we remember that Mary was a young teenage unmarried girl. Yeah. And she just agreed to become pregnant. This should have been a disaster. Unless the father of the child had agreed to marry her, she would probably have remained unmarried for life. If her own father had rejected her, she could have been forced into begging or prostitution to earn a living. And Mary, with her story about becoming pregnant by the Holy Spirit, was being considered crazy as well. Even knowing all this, she heard the word and she did the word. What another mind-blowing example. So Lydia last week was talking about and attitudes and relationships. And here we go again. Hear and do. Not hear or do, hear and do. It's quite clear here, says it there. Um, But unsurprisingly, us human beings can be rather stubborn and hard of hearing at times. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, but there's some giggles, so I'm I'm good with that. Um, And this hear and do message is repeated throughout the Bible because we need to hear it over and over and over again. A point of further reflection, may I suggest. One example of this repeat message is found in James. With his practical approach to Christianity, I love James. Practical, boring engineer, happy with that, okay? James writes in James 1, verses 19 to 27. 
Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, all rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religious, uh, religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The central theme of these verses is practical Christianity mandated by the word of truth, which is the gospel, and characterized by both truly hearing and then resolutely doing the truth. Obedience is the hallmark of a true child of God. Wow. I was, I'm blown away. I, these verses I can read over and over and over again, being that practical individual. And I just, I get blown away by them. And I think they're quite remarkable. But again, they're not easy to do because of our human disposition. And this is why we're told over and over and over and over again, hear and do. So, you'll be pleased to go. I'm coming to summary now. Um, I think everyone's awake, just about, yeah, which is good. Two beautiful, short verses from Luke. And we must remember as well, Luke's gospel is full of blessings. One example is Mary, who was blessed not only because of a child, Jesus, but because she heard the word and put God's word into practice. In these two verses, we are reminded... Firstly, call out to Jesus, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Jesus will hear us, and he will answer us. Remember, we don't have to have it all right, just like the woman. But we do have to call out, and we do have to be in relationship with Jesus. Secondly, Keep hearing the word and acting it out. Hear and do. Not hear or do. Hear and do. Good. This is a command and an attitude. It is not about scale, but about being practical and obeying and doing God's word. So much easier said than done. So where do we start with the hear and do? Here, I don't think this is a matter of just listening with our ears. 
This is about opening the eyes of our hearts. This is about being with God every day. And like a sponge cake in a trifle that soaks up the alcohol, we've got to immerse ourselves and become saturated in the word. Not alcohol, the word. Okay? This is something that we must work hard at to shape our attitudes. And because we are all different, we will all hear and interpret the word in different ways. However, we will hear God's word when we work together. By reading our Bibles, through prayer, in our personal time and in groups, and by being observant and by doing. So turning to do, how do we do? That's not a greeting, by the way. What a question, and I don't think there's a single one-size-all-fits answer to this. In fact, I can say there isn't a single answer to this. But again, what I can say is this is an attitude, and we must work at it. There are examples of the here and do attitude that we can learn and grow from within the Bible. Mary, just one. This world, Jackie Pullinger and Billy Graham, more to look at there. And from within our church, the Alpha and Debbie, those seen and unseen and unheard. Growing and nurturing the here and do attitude is done individually and as a body. By hearing and living the word and by stepping out in faith and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll do this in love, grace and humility. This should enable us all to act on God's word and Jesus' teaching. And as a result of this followership, blessings will pour out. A couple of thoughts, a few more thoughts. I know there's a few from this one for you to take away. If we are hearing God's word and not putting it into practice, then as Christians, what are we doing? And if it's not God's word that we are following, then who or what are we listening to? By calling out to Jesus and by working hard on the here and do attitude, we will, through all the noise and fog of this life, start to hear him more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly. So, that concludes this 100 metres of the race. I hand the baton on. So, just to conclude the service, Michelle and Debbie are going to come up and just lead us through a final song, which is Open the Eyes of My Hearts, Lord. Because through unremarkable verses as I thought them, I have been educated, shaped, and redirected. And it's, 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 it's just humbling. So...